You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. This is episode 231 of The Press Zone. And I should mention we're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings. So thank you very much to those fine folks. You'll hear from our sponsors here in just a bit. But first, Let me introduce ourselves. Again, my name is Amy Johnson. I'm your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I am joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He is our editor-in-chief, our founder, and our president. And he is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Doing all right, thank you. What's new? I... Won almost all of my fantasy football leagues this week, and I won both of my fantasy hockey leagues this week. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. It was good. It was a good week. It was a very good week. Well, congratulations. Thanks. How'd you do? Uh, three of four in um, fantasy football. And, okay. And... I have to I I have to go back and check, check hockey. hockey. Yeah, I think I got one victory and maybe one tie. I don't know, something nice. like that. Yeah. Uh yeah, other than that it's just been uh like it's Thanksgiving's next week here. Um which I like I don't know where the year is going, honestly. I swear it was February a minute ago. So what what is your uh traditional Thanksgiving meal? Turkey and Yes. Oh, you want me to get, go down the list? I was going to say, yes. And Mashed potatoes yes. and... Gravy, I don't know, yes. Gravy, broccoli, turnips. Broccoli and turnips. Not a Thanksgiving. Dressing, I do like the I don't d- know. dressing, stuffing, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. We call it... What do you call it? Well, it depends on who you ask. It's stuffing, it's filling, it's dressing, it's... I don't know. Whatever it is, I eat it. Uh, baked with corn. Gravy. With gravy. Yeah. Baked corn... Fresh uh, homemade bread. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Yep. 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 Nice. Yep. Wine. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You can't forget the Thanksgiving wine. Yep. It's my favorite meal of the year. I I actually, once in a while, I'll make it 
like a very much smaller kind of just make a little like turkey breast and mashed potatoes and stuffing like sometimes during the year just because i mean why do you why regulate it to just one night a year that you get to eat like the best meal of the year it's silly well with our family there was there was always that kind of thing and then um um, my brother wasn't a big fan of all that so okay my grandmother or or my mom uh, would make uh, lasagna, so we oh. had we had something kind of, you know, the traditional uh, Thanksgiving meal plus lasagna. Plus lasagna. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's never a wrong time for lasagna. No, that's true. There's really not. So, did you have another something that was peculiar to your family or particular to your family? I don't think so. No. We were pretty pretty traditional on the Thanksgiving meal. Pretty traditional. Well, enjoy. And cranberry sauce. Gotta have the cranberry sauce. Mm. You don't like cranberry sauce? No, I don't. Oh. Well, that's just a shame. All right. You know, let's that's actually a good question. I'd love to know if any of our listeners whether Whether they like cranberry sauce? No. The answer's gonna be no. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm asking. But whether you are Canadian or American, um do you have any weird thanks not weird, but unique thanksgiving dishes or family traditions at your meal um that other people likely wouldn't partake in or have at their table i would love to know that so be sure to to give us a either drop us a comment uh on the post for the uh for the podcast or just tweet us at the ahl report or at the press zone and let us know because i'm always curious about these things and I also like food, so if it sounds really good, then I might ad- might adopt it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a packed show for you today. Um, lots to talk about. In our first segment, we're going to cover, we're going to get you up to speed with everything going on with the Laval Rocket. Lots going on there. They played three games last week. There's been some roster movement. We're going to get you caught up on all of that. Uh, then in our second segment, we're going to re-rack and do the exact same thing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They also played three games last week. There's been some some roster uh, things happening there. And uh, the Flyers Hall of Fame alumni game took place last night, and uh, it was a pretty special occasion. We want to bring you the highlights from that, uh, and so we'll, we'll have that to talk about as well. Then, do, do the folks know this is an all-in-one, um, a blended ed- edition of it's the another, press zone? Yes, it's another all-in-one, one-stop shopping edition of the Press Zone. Not doing uh, two separate podcasts this week. Uh, So all of our Montreal and Philly fans, like we said last week. Bring them together. um, Philly, meet Montreal. Montreal, meet Philly. Play nice. Um, Mike Rashel on our staff said he prefers the um, blended episode, the all-in-one episode. It's it's it. I was very pleased to hear that feedback to know that um, that people actually kind of like the all in one. Yeah, yeah, the all in one episode. So it might be something that we uh, revisit and look to going back to um, since we've gotten some positive feedback about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, in our third segment, um, which is truly for both. Fan bases. Always for both fan bases. Um, and, and as we, you know, we're going to be bringing, we, we always have guests on the press zone, but we're going to be bringing more and more guests uh, on in, in the coming months. Uh, and many times those guests appeal to both fan bases that we cater to, both Montreal fans and Philadelphia fans. Um, 
And so, uh, so yeah, it's something we're gonna we're gonna kind of kick around a little bit, and we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, and so, yes, our third segment this uh, this week again is the around the AHL and beyond. We'll introduce you to the player of the week from the league. And hey, it is AHL Hot Stove Week. That means Patrick Williams is back with us for his biweekly appearance on the show, and uh, the three of us are going to sit down and talk about some of the. Hottest stories around the American Hockey League this week, uh, things that are interesting, things that are unique, uh, or just things that are breaking news kinds of things. So he'll be here in the third segment. You don't want to miss that. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Sounds good. Uh, So let's start with the Laval Rocket. Um, They played three games last week. We're going to all at home. It was a nice little homestand last week. Uh, Very much needed to get back on the winning track after going on a four-game losing streak. And so they did that on Wednesday night when they hosted the Belleville Senators. Caden Primo was in net. uh, And uh, he backstopped the Laval Rocket to a 3 to nothing shutout of the Belleville Senators. A very, very convincing win uh, and and one that they really... Uh, needed. Um, after the game, Matthias Norlander, as scheduled, was recalled back to the Montreal Canadiens, uh, ending his conditioning stint. Uh, interestingly enough, Norlander, since that was almost a week ago, Norlander still hasn't played a game for the Canadians, nor will he tonight when they play uh, at Madison Square Garden, which I think I find that a bit concerning. I mean, what's the point of sending him down on a conditioning stint? and then making him sit again. Um, no, I, I agree. I don't like it either. No, I'd like to see him at least get a game or two. Let him, but but don't don't wait too long. Otherwise, he's essentially going to be cold again, and and then he's not going to perform to the best of his ability. So, And the longer he sits, the more it's on his mind, the more he feels he has to make an impact once he gets into the lineup. That's right. And then he's uh, could be more prone to mistakes. And it it's it's... It's not a good plan. Prospect mismanagement. It's going to come up with a theme song. Um, so uh, he was recalled to the Canadians after after last Wednesday's game. Um, and our Chris G, of course, was in the press box at Place Bell for all three games uh, last week. And uh, he was there to do post-game interviews as well. And here's what J.F. Uhl had to say about Norlander after completing his conditioning stint. I think it was okay. Like uh, like I said earlier, it's it's going to be a, a learning process for them with the big with the, with the smaller ice. Um, but he was good. I, th- I thought he made some some good plays, and uh, you know he showed that he's 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 a very he's an excellent skater. And uh, you know we'll we'll see. I think he's got a bright future ahead. He's a great skater. He can move the puck. He can contribute to the offense. He has good offensive instincts. Um, his his issues uh, will come in the defensive end of 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 things. Uh, size and strength are, are an issue, obviously, um, and uh, and and just learning how to what kind of uh, gap he needs to to uh, maintain on a smaller ice surface, how he can use his positioning to uh, uh, defend, um, and how to get his uh, have an active stick in the lanes. Those are the kinds of things that uh, he needs to learn, um, and uh, we'll we'll see if that's going to be done at the NHL level uh, or um, in Forlunda. That's right. Gee, I mean. The Habs couldn't use a puck-moving defenseman, could they? Hmm. 
that's not something they're lacking, is it? <laughs> we'll see. Yes. <laughs> we will see. Uh, and so after that uh, tremendous game, uh, then they welcomed the Bridgeport Islanders to Place Bell on Friday night. Uh, keep in mind that the last time they played the Islanders was a few weeks ago in Bridgeport. They got shut out by the Islanders on that night. Chris Terry, former uh, Laval Rocket and St. John's Ice Caps player for the Canadians organization, uh, adding to the scoreboard that night for Bridgeport. Well, he did it again uh, in this visit, as Chris Terry is wont to do. Um, it This was a very back-and-forth game. Um you know, each team exchanged leads or, or, or found equalizers multiple times in the game. Uh, but eventually it was Laurent Dauphin with the OT winner for Laval. Uh, but of note, Yessi Alonen had three assists on the night, including uh, on Laurent Dauphin's game winner in overtime. Uh, Yessi Alonen has had a very strong start to his season. Uh, he is obviously getting more and more comfortable with the North American game. We saw that uh, in the shortened season last year where he was uh, really looking good in his in, in his initial start, but there were some things that he obviously needed to work on. Well, he has picked up right where he left off. He's continuing uh, to, to really make an impact and to have, uh, you know, those three assists. Uh, he then had a power play goal. We're going to get to the Utica game in a moment, but I should mention that in addition to the three assists Friday night against Bridgeport, uh, he notched a power play goal on Saturday against Utica, and the power play has been abysmal for Laval uh, so far this season. So that's, again, uh, showing signs that, I, you know, Yessi Alonen uh, really angling for a call-up soon, I think. However, in true Yessi Alonen fashion, if you ask him to give some self-assessment on on how he feels his game and his development is coming along, uh, he's always very humble and uh, certainly wasn't anything different in this clip. Uh, well, I, uh, I think I still have a lot of things to improve, but it's only the start of the season and uh, I want to wanna improve all the time and uh, just focus, focus on the next game every time. Uh, I wanna, I wanna be more uh, better uh, defensively and, uh, uh, of course, uh, also offensively. And uh, there's, uh, there's not just one area, but I wanna improve, uh, improve everything and uh, become more uh, like a complete hockey player that the uh, coach can trust uh, if we need to score or if we, if we need to uh, defend. Well, that's um, you. You want to be able to be versatile and and used in every situation, and that will that will give you more opportunity to get in the lineup in in uh, some respect. Uh, but as you said, he's um, he's contributing offensively. Um, he, um, he he has uh, ten points in eleven games. Uh, four of those are goals. Two of the goals on the power play. Um, he said he has to improve uh defensively um he's pretty good defensively yes. <laughs> he's 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 pretty good defensively and and uh that came when uh, all of that learning came when he was uh, a member of uh the the league in finland for the pelicans and and uh 
uh, he's when you watch him skate, it's it's uh, NHL level uh, mm-hmm. skating. He's got a good uh, heavy shot, he does. Uh, wrist shot, and um, uh, he he's really looking very good uh, at the start of this season. And as you said, could be prime for a call up somewhere down the line. Would love to see uh, how well he can tr- transition that game to to the NHL. He's an exciting player to watch. He really is. Um, and so that that you know. That's a great uh, bounce back for for Laval. Two wins, one of them in overtime, an exciting game against the Bridgeport Islanders. And then on Saturday afternoon, a quick turnaround, one o'clock matinee, um, Primo back in net again as McNiven was in net uh, for the Bridgeport overtime game on Friday night. Uh, One o'clock game against the Utica Comets, who not only defeated Laval the week prior on home turf, uh, but still coming into this game was undefeated. Uh, so Friday night, uh, prior to this game, JFL was asked what what makes this team so good right now and what makes it so hard to play against them? Yeah, we have to keep it uh, simple against them and we have to limit turnovers. They're a team, they're very good in transition. They're very deep. They have four good lines. They're big, they're fast. Um, they're undefeated. They have a good goalie. So uh, for us, Keep it simple, limit the turnovers, and find some energy to play for a one-clock game tomorrow. Utica works hard. Um, great work ethic. They pressure uh, you all over the ice. And uh, and as the, the head coach said there, uh, you have to be careful of the turnovers because uh, that's their game. They force turnovers and they take advantage of them. Um, and obviously it's, it's, uh, a winning formula so far, uh, for Utica as they have the only unblemished record in the American hockey league. Well, yes, that, that is just it. Uh, that's the, the writing on the wall there is that they are still undefeated. They are 10 and 0. In fact, we're going to talk about that in depth with Patrick Williams later in the show. Uh, but that means that Laval did not, uh, put up a win against Utica. They lost this one five to three. And the the common theme for JF Ull and even some of the players throughout the week, uh, particularly JF Ull, was harping on the fact that his team needs to improve on neutral zone puck management. Uh, wasn't happy even even though they got a shutout against Belleville on Wednesday. He wasn't happy with their first period of play. He wasn't happy with their puck management in the neutral zone. Uh, and after the game, he and others mentioned again. Uh, we we coughed up the puck too much. Our neutral zone play wasn't good enough. So it's obviously an area that's that's not doing doing well, and they're looking to improve on that. If you could take anything positive out of the game, uh, we mentioned the Yelonen power play goal in this game. However, uh, Cole Caulfield scored his first goal of the season, not just in the AHL, but. He still doesn't have one in the NHL this season either. So this was his first goal period of the season. It was a fluky one. He was down below the goal line and uh, chalked the puck up uh, behind Nico Dahls and kind of bounced it off of the back of Dawes's, uh back and into the net. Uh, and so, you know, he said he'll, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. He's, he's when asked about it after the game, he said, you know, well, you know, I like to shoot from anywhere. And, uh, so, uh, sometimes you just get those, you know, sometimes it just works out for you and, and it's great to get one going in. Uh, and so, uh, Cole Caulfield was asked, okay, well, how does it feel to, to get that first goal? And since you've come down to Laval, um, uh, you know, it's been, 
five games now uh, that you've been with Laval. It's been a full week. Uh, how are you feeling, and 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 how do you think things are going? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it feels good. Um, you know, obviously, you wish you could have done more just to, to get that win tonight. But uh, for me, just seeing one go in, uh, you know, means a lot to me and you know, my game. So I um, thought all around it had a pretty good game today, but um, you can always improve under some reason. Uh, I just think my pace has been pretty high. Uh, I feel a lot more confident with the puck and my ability to see plays has been. Um, I think my instincts are back and you know, I feel pretty good with my thumbs puck. So um, just going to keep battling and you know, do as I'm told, but um, I always want more. I'm just you know, going to keep being hungry. Pace is good. Vision's good. Instincts are good. I feel good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, uh, what's I don't unsaid mean to laugh. There, I really what's don't. unsaid there, of course, of course, is um, I'm good and I'm done in the, in I, the I don't NHL. feel like I need to be here. Yeah. He's been there for a week. He's played five games. He has one goal. I, I think he has a couple of assists. Actually, he had uh, he had a goal and an assist in that game. I should say it was a two point game for him. He did have a he he did have a better game. A goal and three assists, four points in five games is uh, you expect at least that from a Cole Caulfield, uh, a dangerous offensive player in the AHL. You should yeah. you should dominate. What what you don't want to see is a minus five in five games, uh, which is second worst among forwards on the Laval Rocket. He's second worst, and he's only played five games. He's played, you know, um, a, a third of, of a half and a third of some of the game, uh, some of the other players. Uh, so there are still things for him to work on. There are, and I think what I shouldn't have laughed. It just, I mean, it's just his tone in that quote uh, was the same. Wednesday night when they won against Belleville his tone has pretty much been the same it's been consistent and I don't know if he's just trying to convince himself that all of these aspects of his game are fine and they're good to go or if he's trying to convince all the rest of us my concern with that is if that's what he's telling himself and that's what he's telling the press that oh yeah I feel like my legs are back my instincts are back I'm seeing the puck well I'm, I'm I feel like I'm playing well without the puck if he's telling himself that, then his mind is not open to improving those areas where he needs to because he thinks that they're good to go. They, he, magically, he snapped his fingers and in a week, his instincts came back, his legs came back, and everything's fine. Um, the key to succeeding when you're sent down from the NHL, in particularly in early development years, is getting the chip off your shoulder swallowing the pill of being sent down and opening your eyes to the things in your game that caused you to be sent down that you need to improve on. Now, so of course, I mean, everyone's excited Cole Caulfield got his first goal. Uh, Cole Caulfield was excited about it. He said, you know, wish we could have gotten the win. But for me personally, yeah, it feels good. And and I think all these things are great. J.F. Uhl, when, when he's asked, you know, hey, Cole Caulfield scored a goal tonight. That's got to be great for him. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm happy he scored tonight, uh, good for him, and uh, uh, we're right back at it on Monday for, uh, for practice. <laughs> That's fun. That's... I'm, I'm happy for him, he scored, he we scored. lost. Great. Um, 
yeah great he's he's got work to do and he scored a goal so i'm i'm happy for him and uh well let's get back to work now i just add that that for all and we saw it on on social media for all those folks who are worried about cole caulfield's confidence um need not be worried i don't think i know i don't think so not one bit uh so we'll see uh you know i i just i i want beyond anything i hope beyond hope that caulfield can get some positive things out of being sent down um what he he and other prospects at this age don't understand that if the coaches feel like he's not taking it seriously because he thinks that he's doing okay now granted captain xavier wellett had glowing things to say about him uh on on saturday night said you know he's a hard worker he's got a great attitude and he just needs to keep working at it and things are going to be fine um and so okay we'll take that uh that that opinion and that and that report from the captain um but it is important for him to have a good attitude and and be open to learning what he needs to learn because if he doesn't, that's going to get reported back up to Dom Ducharme and they're just going to say, okay, well, then he stays down there until he until he starts doing what we need him to do. So fingers are crossed that things are actually progressing and that they're going in the right direction and um, we just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. It's going to, I think he's still going to be there at least another week. I would imagine they're going on the road this week. They've got two games. They play in Toronto on Wednesday. Then they play in Belleville on Saturday. So I would imagine that he's going to be in Laval for at least both of those games. And we'll see beyond that. What happens? Uh, There were some roster moves we should mention. Uh, Of course, Caden Primo recalled to the Montreal Canadiens this week after Jake Allen went out with a, uh, concussion on Saturday. Um, and so it has been confirmed. He has a concussion. He is listed as day to day. Uh, so Caden Primo recalled, he's now backing up Sam Montembeau. That means Kevin Poulin was recalled from the ECHL to back up Michael McNiven, uh, for Laval. Uh, as we meant, uh, we should mention as well, Matthias Norlander wasn't the only guy recalled to Montreal on Wednesday night. Ryan Paling also called back up uh, for his first call-up of the season and has been doing a really decent job uh, on a struggling Montreal Canadiens team. But he's uh, starting to, I'll borrow a a word, a phrase from from Rick, Uh, he's starting to solidify his position just in this week that he's played. Adding to that is the fact that today Adam Brooks was placed on waivers uh, with the intention of sending him to the Laval Rocket if, and this if. is a big if, if Toronto doesn't reclaim him, which I or imagine they're team. right. But I, I would imagine the Leafs are going to do everything they can uh, to to get him. Uh, so I'd be surprised if he makes it to Laval, but we'll see. Um, but good for good for Ryan Paling. Yeah, he's he's looked really good. He has um, very good, and and uh, the the organization must think so too, mm-hmm. in order to um, uh, cut loose Adam Brooks. Absolutely. So we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed for Ryan Paling that uh, things continue to go in the right direction for him. Uh, one last note uh, for longtime AHL fans uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. A little bit of news. If you remember back in the days of the St. John's Ice Caps, uh, they had a tremendous captain in Max Freeberg. 
Uh, we covered Max uh, during his tenure with the Canadians organization. And uh, for the last number of years, he has been playing uh, back in his home country of Sweden, playing for Forlunda, a very, uh, very relied upon and and fan favorite, uh, Max Freeberg. Uh, Rick, he had a very scary incident this week, but thankfully is okay. He's okay. Um, he had, uh, it was a, a collision and, and a skate uh sliced his his thigh oh. uh, a lot of blood um required surgery he out uh maybe up to six weeks um but it was very scary the amount of blood and and uh, and the discomfort that that he was in but um he tweeted that um that he's okay and he was glad um he thanked uh, the medical staff he thanked the the players who were uh, on ice for reacting quickly including um, players from the the op- opposition team, and um, yeah, it's uh, you know one of one of the the better captains uh, that the St. John's Ice Caps had. Um, mm-hmm. um, just a, a really um, what a what a leader he he can be and uh, and is now with his his current team. And it's good to see that uh, uh, after the scary incident, he's on the mend. Yes, absolutely. So on behalf of everyone at Rocket Sports, we wish Max Freeberg a speedy recovery. Um, I'm going to mention one note because I'm looking at my notes and realized there was one additional thing. I'm just backtracking for one second that I did want to point out about Cole Caulfield and his usage in Laval. Uh, If you haven't been able to see games, uh, take note of the fact that on the power play, uh, J.F. Uhl is not using Cole Caulfield in his favorite position on the wall. He is using him in the bumper spot. Um, and so that is something a little new for Cole Caulfield. And we'll see uh, we'll see how long that lasts and we'll see if he finds success there. But just an interesting thing to note that uh, Jean-Francois Uhl has, has repositioned Cole Caulfield on the power play. So Why would they do that? Um, we know that Cole Caulfield is comfortable off the wall. Uh, in his in his office that he can shoot from the circle. Um, everybody knows that Cole Caulfield can do that, and mm-hmm. uh, including Cole Caulfield. Um, how about teaching him to be a, um, a bit more versatile, to have something else in his arsenal so he's not so predictable, uh, and that uh, that he can dish the puck as well, and and he'll uh, pick up some of that those skills uh, in that bumper position. Absolutely. All right. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back on the other side, we are going to do the same thing. Talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and how their week went last week, as well as talk about last night's Flyers Hall of Fame alumni game, which was a whoo. The stars were out in Philly at the Farg last night. Uh, And then, of course, later in the show, third segment, we've got Patrick Williams joining us for the AHL Hot Stove. So you don't want to miss any of it. Stay there. We'll be back in just a moment. You are listening to the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, if you ever want to uh, reach out to us on Twitter, there's a few ways for you to do that. Uh, you can find Rick at All Habs. You can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, you can find this podcast at The Press Zone. But the best place to follow for all of our game recaps, news, uh, feature articles, Patrick Williams articles, our new AHL weekly segment, all of those kinds of things. You can find that by following at the AHL report. That's the best place to do that. Uh, In this segment, we're just going to get you up to speed on how things are going with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, Still struggling. I'm going to put that in in the shortest terms is they're still struggling. Um, But they did have a pretty big win against Hershey last week. Uh, Downing Hershey four to one uh, in Hershey. Uh, Not an easy thing to do at the Giants Center. Had a power play goal, which they've had some special teams has has really struggled for them. A power play goal and two shorties. Uh, Rick, believe it or not, the fact that the Phantoms are way down in the basement of the league standings. They currently lead the AHL in shorthanded goals with five already this season. Well, the penalty kill is working, <laughs> I guess. Um, and it, it helps because uh, we know the uh, the Phantoms are prone to taking uh, a penalty or two. Yeah, you know. um, so, yeah, it was uh, in Hershey, it was a big uh, second period, uh, down um, one nothing going into the first intermission, but four goals in that second period. Well, you mentioned penalty minutes. And so then they went to Providence to play the Providence Bruins. Um, sh- that was actually the game uh, we're going to talk about this in the next segment with Patrick Williams. But that was actually the game that Emily Cave was there to drop the puck in honor of Colby Cave. Um, they played in Providence. They lost 6-3, to three, but the two teams combined for 92 penalty minutes. Oh. So... <laughs> They didn't care for each other. Uh, no, no, it no. Uh, it wasn't a friendly friendly affair that evening. Um, they also lost an overtime at home on Saturday night, uh, first visit of the season by the Springfield Thunderbirds. They lost this one two to one in overtime, so very tightly played game, uh, kind of a goaltender's duel a little bit. Interesting to note, and our our Montreal listeners will enjoy hearing this. Um, so Charlie Lindgren was in net for the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, Garrett Wilson 
comes in. Uh, Lindgren was behind the net to play the puck. Garrett Wilson comes in and just knocks him flat on his back. Lindgren got up and was having none of it. I mean, the blocker was flying when Lindgren comes up. Uh, Wilson ends up, Lindgren, I guess, got a, somehow got a slashing minor out of that. Uh, Garrett Wilson got roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct, but Rick, the clip was quite, quite entertaining to watch. Well, when, and, and Charlie's <laughs> been a, a frequent uh, guest here and, and a frequent interview uh, for us, and, and he seems rather mild-mannered, but when you uh, realize his sibling, his brother, is uh, Ryan, Ryan Lindgren <laughs> for the New York Rangers, and if you've ever seen him play uh, with an edge, with an obvious edge, uh, there's, there's that uh, Lindgren edge runs in the oh, family, yeah. and Charlie was... Uh, yeah, as you said, having none of it uh, and didn't care um, the size of the person he was facing. No. Um, yeah, he... Yeah, he, Garrett Wilson's not a small guy. That, that's right. He <laughs> he didn't didn't care about that. He uh, was going to let him know it was unappreciated. That's right. And of course, the, uh, the rest of the Thunderbirds then kind of came in and also let Garrett Wilson know that as well. So, uh, so great win on Wednesday night uh, in Hershey for the Phantoms, but do drop the next two. They get a point out of the Saturday home game against Springfield, but... Uh, and just a, a point on that game. Yeah. Um, two points for Scott Perunovich that... Uh, That's true. Uh, for Springfield that uh, vaulted him up into the... AHL scoring lead and hold that thought because uh, you might hear Scott Brunovich's name later in the show. That's right. Lots of things we're apparently talking to Patrick Williams about today. <laughs> it's going to be a really good third segment. Um, so we will see if the Lehigh Valley Phantoms can uh, do more of the winning this coming week. It's, it is good that they managed to get one, uh, but they need to do more than that and they need to do it consistently. Uh, Morgan Frost line, uh, he, Jerry Mayhew, um, uh, who, and actually Garrett Wilson, I think is on that line as well. They've been one of the better lines for the Phantoms. We just need to see uh, Cal O'Reilly finally got his first goal of the season this past week. Uh, you know, uh, so there's guys there who can play. Uh, Kirillus Domenko, I think, was sent back to Reading today, so that's got to mean that Samuel Urson is getting healthy again, so he'll be in a tandem with Felix Sandstrom again. Maybe things can start to come together for Ian LaPerriere's crew uh, in Allentown, and we'll continue to monitor that and see how the Lehigh Valley Phantoms fare in the coming week. Uh, one player that they will not be getting that uh, perhaps they thought they would would be Nicholas Abe Kubel will not be rejoining the Phantoms after being placed on waivers by the Flyers on Friday. Uh, they did that in anticipation of Kevin Hayes uh, coming off of LTIR. Uh, and so Abe Kubel, no stranger to the Phantoms. He's he's had his time there as well, but didn't make it there uh snagged by the colorado avalanche on waivers and claimed uh rick that's a that's quite a move up uh going to the avs and rumor has it that they've got him in the bumper spot on the first power play unit for the avs at his first practice today so i bet he didn't mind that 
I don't think that's a terrible uh, situation to find yourself in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. All right, best of luck to Nicholas Albi-Kubel. You know, the, the, he was a Flyers draftee, uh, had a number of years with the organization, uh, had some good moments, had some struggling seasons. We'll see if a new uh, new environment uh, on, a, on a very successful team uh, can help spark uh, kind of a renaissance in his game. So good luck to him. Uh, but the stars were really out at the Wells Fargo Center this week. Uh, it is Flyers Hall of Fame induction week. Uh, that will actually take place tonight, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., half an hour prior to puck drop against the Flames, uh, when Paul Holmgren and Rick Tockett will be inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame at the Wells Fargo Center. But prior to that, uh, just the be-all and end-all of anyone who is able to still lace up the skates who has played for the Philadelphia Flyers was on the ice uh, last night at the Wells Fargo Center, Rick. Tremendous event, more than 5,000 fans in the building. Uh, Team Holmgren versus Team Tockett. Homer, of course, coming out on top as, honestly, let's be honest, it should be that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what, just the group of people that they had together was spectacular. Uh, The younger guys put on a show, um, and uh, Holmgren's team won it five to four. Talk's team had a chance. Six to, to five, but six to five. Sorry, six to five. Five to four. You know, it was yeah, it was. Close. It's a one goal game. Talk's team had a chance uh, to tie it up there at the end with a penalty shot for Danny Briere, but uh, no dice. And we should say that all the proceeds uh, went to Flyers charities. Um, the every we've spoken about it before on the show. Every child deserves a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, being one of the the recipients, um, the 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 scoring was interesting, for sure. <laughs> Um, Scotty Upshaw uh, with a hat trick, uh, yeah. Joffrey Lupro with the with the three assists. But for me, uh, I thought it was interesting. Dave Brown, not known for his offensive uh, production, uh, he had seventeen hundred and eighty nine penalty minutes in the NHL, had two assists. A flyer, no. <laughs> and Donald Brashear uh, had a goal yeah. and two assists last night. Uh, owner of. 2,634 penalty minutes when he was in the NHL. I want to know where Brashear's scoring touch was back when he was playing. (laughs) I mean, come on. Uh, As Bill Meltzer uh, mentioned in his write-up on it, the two, as he put it, quote, prettiest goals of the night coming from none other than Simone Gagne, both times off of a feed from Danny Briere on a two-on-one rush. Uh, Just... uh, Brings you back to those, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, you remember those days and they seem to all have that chemistry still going. Really, really fun. Um, Mike Knubel went home with a souvenir. He did. <laughs> he did. Patched up with a little bit of glue. A little bit of glue, took a puck to the face, split him right, split his cheek right open. No but, stitches. And he back in the game. Back in the game for the third period, like true hockey player. Uh, I saw somewhere... Uh, that someone had a quote from him that he doesn't think that he even got hit in the face with a puck at that velocity when he was an active player. <laughs> so, well, these are competitive games. They, hey, uh, they are competitive juices get going again. Joe Watson, I think uh, Joe Watson was out there playing, no helmet on. Joe Watson doing doing the Joe Watson thing, and he said, <laughs> oh, "I'm a little sore today," but he was he's loving it. I mean, just absolutely loving it, and you you love to see a guy that age just still wanting to lace him up. Um, it just 
top to bottom, uh, what a roster they put together. Rick, you had even uh, pointed this out. Um, some of them really packed it in this weekend uh, because the Hockey Hall of Fame induction happened last night as well. Uh, and prior to that, on Sunday uh, at three o'clock at Scotiabank in Toronto, the Hockey Hall of Fame Legends Classic game was played. The Canadian Legends versus the World Legends, uh, captained by Scott Niedermeyer versus Mike Madano. Um, and so some of the guys, uh, who, Lindros, Leclerc, and Simone Gagne all played in that game on Sunday afternoon and then flew to Philly to play in the alumni game last night. Back to back. Uh huh. Get in there guys. <laughs> the, you know, all those days where they said, Oh, I miss playing. Do they miss the back to backs? <laughs> uh, really great event. Um, I, I will, I will lodge my one complaint. There were about 5,000 fans in the building. Um, you know, it is still the midst of the COVID pandemic, so maybe maybe there were people who weren't comfortable going to the arena. There's also a lot of Flyers fans who don't live local to Philly anymore. Um, my only disappointment was that they didn't offer to stream the game. I for I would have gladly paid $25, $35 to stream the game with that money also going to Flyers charities, I think they missed out on a bit of an opportunity by not having any way for folks to watch it on TV or streaming or anything like that. Um, because it really was a, a really unique um, roster that they put together of just every star you can think of for, for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so little disappointed that that didn't happen. Maybe, maybe next time they can, Take that into consideration. Something to think about. Something uh -huh. to think about. Um, all right. We are going to take one last break. And on the other side, we are going to go around the AHL and beyond. And we've got Patrick Williams joining us for the AHL Hot Stove. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, 
Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at the Press Zone, at the AHL Report. And hey, uh, two more two more homework assignments for you. They're baby ones, I promise. It's not like it's a pop quiz. Uh, first, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Just look down. Check if you're subscribed. If you're not, hit the button. Takes you a second. Just l- tap the phone. Click the mouse, whatever you got to do. The other one is go to AHLReport.com and bookmark that website. Um, You know, make sure it's one that you visit every day and see what the latest game recap is or the latest feature article that we've got going. Uh, It's a great way to stay on top of your favorite AHL team and news from around the league. Including things like the AHL Player of the Week and Rick. This one was made for me, I think. You like saying this name. Long-time listeners will know my favorite name in the AHL currently is Rochester American goaltenders. Sorry, yeah, tongue-tied, which is not good to say this name. (laughs) The Rochester Americans goaltender, Ukopeka Lukanen, UPL as he is commonly known. Uh, He is the AHL player of the week. Uh, Okay, get this. Made three starts last week. Faced 117 shots. Now you got to say the word that they used in the in the press Sorry. release. Sorry, yeah, in the press release, it's quote and faced a fusillade of yeah. 117 shots. Congratulations to the AHL press release exactly. writer on that one. I like that. It's great. Fusillade: a series of shots That's fired or missiles thrown <laughs> all at the same time or in quick succession. Usually reserved for military. Lingo, but a salvo, we'll, a volley, we'll a take it. Barrage, um, you know. Faced a fusillade of 117 like shots. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like that too. Good, good, vo- good vocab word. Um, those 117 shots, five goals against. Five. First shutout of his AHL career, walking away for the week with a 1.68 goals against average and a 9.57 save percentage. That's a good week. And goaltender should always be picked as player of the week, in my in my <laughs> humble estimation. Really? Hmm. I wonder why that is. So I'm happy, yeah. That's good. Uh, no, congratulations to Uko Pekalukunen. You know, he's he's had a bit of a... He's gone through the struggle of the development struggle... But at the same time, the Buffalo Sabres organization is a hot mess uh, the last couple of years. Uh, So, uh, you know, would love to see him kind of settle into a to a rhythm. He's 22. He's got a 4-4-0 record uh, so far this season for the Amherst. Um, His overall stats aren't as pretty. Um, 337 goals against average and an 891 save percentage. But... Uh, for the month of November for so far, 
177 goals against, 949 save percentage. So November has definitely been kinder to Uka Pekalukunen. Um, and uh, we'll see if he can continue that. But uh, congratulations to him on being named the AHL Player of the Week. Well, it is that time again here on the Press Zone. We look forward to these weeks so much. Uh, it's And thankfully, we don't have very long to wait in between editions of the AHL Hot Stove with Patrick Williams because he's here bi-weekly every other week uh, where he gets to come on the show and join Rick and I and the three of us get to just get to sit and commiserate on all the fun things that are happening around the AHL. So Patrick, welcome back. It's good to uh, have you back on the show again this week. Thanks for having me. Always great to be back on. Lots happening in the AHL uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, but uh, not very often that we get to uh, talk about somewhat breaking news uh, in the NHL that has a direct impact on, on the American League. So we want to start this week by talking about the situation that is unfolding in the Ottawa Senators organization, uh, in case uh, any of our listeners missed this news, um, you know, the Senators have been dealing with over the past two weeks, uh, players and, and staff or coaches coming in and out of COVID protocol. Uh, and now it just snowballed to the point that uh, with Ottawa, with up to 10 players on the COVID-19 protocol list, the NHL made the decision this week to postpone their three games uh, for this week, which of course triggers the NHL's uh, clause with the Olympics that they now the the option will be on the table if if this gets much further for the NHL to pull out of Olympic participation. Um, but Patrick, the impact is most significantly felt with the Belleville Senators, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Belleville Senators have been feeling that impact uh, quite a bit. 21 transactions in the past week uh, to and from Ottawa. Um, and obviously, for the AHL club, it's your best players going up. It's your Andrew Agazinos, it's uh, Zach Leslie, uh, you know, some of your, you know, Philip Gustafson's gone up, uh, you know, some of your key players. And, uh, you know, Belleville's a team that was kind of in a little bit of a retooling mode this year in general. And, now you're pulling up those guys that you were really counting on to um, get you, especially through the early part of the season, through some of those uh, early growing pains. And now those guys are growing up and it's nerve wracking to see this happen uh, again. You know, uh, the vac- vaccination, you know, seemed to be um, the path out of this, this whole situation. And now you're seeing that even so uh, there's breakthrough cases. And uh, once it seems to start, spreading it really seems to move like wildfire and uh you know obviously it's impacting ottawa but every bit as much if not more in some ways uh, uh with belleville so uh yeah troy man head coach there in belleville has his hands full once again and that's that's the that's the question mark we don't know if it's uh, peculiar uh for for whatever reason uh to ottawa I, I, we tend to think not uh that is uh, this now the tip? Are we? Is this a preview of what's going to be coming to uh, other organizations? And uh, Amy, you mentioned that uh, this will, uh, this could impact the Olympics, and and uh, the reason it could is because with these postponed uh, games, uh, right now there isn't time in the schedule the way it's been configured. 
for making up those games other than during that uh, Olympic period in February uh, that's been blocked off uh, so far for the Olympic participation. Uh, if that has to be used for makeup games for more than just Ottawa, uh, that really puts uh, Olympic per- participation in jeopardy. Uh, there's the scuttlebutt I've seen on social media so far, at least today, has has been that uh, people are leaning towards thinking that the NHL won't uh, pull the trigger on that clause just for three games. Um, but of course, Patrick, uh, if 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 things snowball beyond this and Ottawa needs to postpone more games than that, or we start to see this happening. I mean, we know that that San Jose, we know the Sharks dealt with this a little bit. They they had mm-hmm. players on on the COVID protocol list. Uh, there have been teams, you know, it's, it's interesting for a, a league that is 99.9% fully vaccinated, there's been an awful it's it's like the unspoken story that there's been an awful lot of people going on covid protocol despite the entire league and staff and coaches being vaccinated so um this we could see this becoming as as you say uh you know kind of an exodus of top tier players in the AHL if this starts to trickle out to other franchises around the league yeah for sure and i mean you know, from an Ottawa perspective, you you looked at their 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 schedule uh, the rest of the way, and I mean, there's not a lot of open spots. Um, uh, you know, the rest of the way, I mean, to be able to squeeze three more games in at a minimum. Um, you know, fortunately for them, uh, you know, New Jersey and the Rangers are, are pretty easy fits geographically. Nashville's pretty easy, but um, you know, you, say you were playing some of the Western teams or teams that really require, uh, you know. An extended road trip. So, but I mean, you look at uh, you know, the way the schedule is. You're taking a full month essentially out of that uh, that schedule. You know, February because of the Olympics and trying to cram all those games into the remaining months. And so, you know, there's you know maybe a three day gap here and there in the schedule. You know, the rest of the way, but uh, there's not a whole lot of empty space. And uh, and you know, anything with a schedule is a kind of a domino effect where you know. You change one game and, you know, three games as a result get uh, bumped uh, to somewhere else. So, and you're involving now, you know, not only Ottawa, but three other cl- clubs uh, that have, have to fit into their schedules. So, uh, I mean, I, I've talked to the, the schedule maker over the years, you know, at different levels. And, I mean, it's a thankless job in the best of times. And, you know, it, it's like putting together a huge puzzle. But uh, now you're, you're starting to shuffle things around here now and you have TV considerations and building considerations. So it's, it's just a, a real, a real headache. Uh, that's, that's brewing, uh, both for Ottawa, uh, the three opponents are playing as well as the league. So, and then obviously Belleville as well. So, uh, anything that affects the NHL club, as we well know, will eventually find its way to the American league. Uh, and fortunately for Belleville, they only have one game scheduled this week, Saturday against Laval, but, uh, you know, once you start getting into the heart of the AHL schedule, then if this thing goes on much longer, uh, that effect will start to really uh, intensify at the AHL level as well in terms of Belleville's schedule. Well, and I, I, it's going to affect the AH, AHL teams as well in terms of, mm-hmm. I mean, last Wednesday when Belleville was in Laval to play, uh, they were already had, they are 
already, as you mentioned, they've had 21 transactions in the past week. They were already roster depleted a bit because of some COVID call-ups. And I remember listening to Belleville's call of that game, uh, and, and the broadcaster mentioned that you know, up to that point, the I guess the protocol for Belleville was that they were getting COVID, players were getting COVID tested every other day. But mm-hmm. now because uh, players were going back and forth to Ottawa with everything going on in Ottawa, they were going to bump that up to daily COVID testing for Belleville. So now you're incurring additional uh, costs at the AHL level, which which aren't always um, feasible. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. there's a <laughs> There's a lot, you know, we, we, yeah. Rick, we hear, we hear these little announcements on Twitter of, oh, so-and-so, you know, such and such organization has had three players today enter COVID, COVID-19 protocol. And, and it's just kind of like, okay, it's check your fantasy lineups, but there's really a whole mm-hmm. trickle down effect here. For sure. Um, from, yeah, from having to, to um, get those tests done and, and, uh, look at close contacts and and uh, and then with respect to the lineups of the AHL uh, of the the NHL and and being able to put some kind of product on the ice yeah so we will keep an eye on that for sure it will be uh, interesting to see how all of that plays out um, in terms of some good team news let's talk a little bit guys about those Utica Comets uh currently 10 and 0 on the season they are undefeated they are the only uh team in the league who is 100% just undefeated end of story um this is this is not and remember it's for some people they 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 hear Utica Comets are undefeated and they're like okay well the comets are usually pretty competitive no 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 let's let's <laughs> let's not forget this is not the Vancouver Canucks Utica Comets anymore um this is the, this is the New Jersey Devils Utica Comets now this is your previous Binghamton Devils and before that Albany Devils uh, and to go 2-0 to start the season, um, that is not what you would normally associate with the Devils AHL affiliate. No. Um, well, this is a team last year in Binghamton, they they won 7 out of 35 games. So that's kind of what you were dealing with <laughs> to start with. Certainly, they made some nice uh, moves over the summer. They brought in some real high-quality veterans. Uh, Chase DeLeo, number one, uh, you know, heart and soul guy. He was tied for the third last year in scoring around the league. Um, you know, Robbie Russo came in, uh, Joe Gambardella. So, you know, they definitely brought in some 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 help. Kevin Deneen, I think, obviously, was a huge addition behind the bench. Um, a guy who can really kind of get things into shape uh, very quickly. But still, this was a team that, that had a lot of problems. I mean, really, and historically, if you look at the New Jersey Devils American Hockey League situation for the past really 20 years, uh, it's been bad. I mean, they had a couple solid years in in Albany uh, where they were competitive. But before that, uh, they were in Lowell, and that was, you know, not a great situation. Um, they didn't. They didn't do a whole lot there. They missed the playoffs, uh, I believe, four out of five years. And the one year they were in the playoffs, they they quickly were swept out. And then their last remaining years, uh, going back to Albany again with the River Rats, uh, the first kind of half of the 2000s was pretty much a disaster. Uh, you know, straightforward. I mean, it was bad. It was 
It was a well. I mean, it was the situation where they were bounced out of uh, Albany. Albany went with Carolina, and um, um, you know that sent the Devils into lull. So um, it was just a situation where um, you know, really, I mean, they were just not even competitive for a long, long time. I mean, lots of uh, last place finishes, and um, you know, and the the irony of that was uh, in the nineties, this was probably the best farm system in all of hockey. And this was a, a team that, that fueled, uh, you know, really three um, Stanley Cup championships for New Jersey. I mean, you look at the players that came up through the River Rats in the 90s. I mean, you know, Patrick Heliosh, uh, well, Martin Brodeur was actually with the original Utica Devils, Bill Guerin. I mean, right down the list, I mean, guys that really came in and were, were you know, impact high-level NHL players. And that, that whole thing fell apart in the 2000s. So, um, it's been really the better part of two decades that they've been trying to rebuild this farm system for the New Jersey Devils, and uh, they're back in Utica now after 29 years, um, and uh, so far so good. But uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see uh, winning hockey return um, with the New Jersey Devils affiliate because we have not seen that uh, for you know, like I said, 20 years more or less. So um, you know, we'll see where this goes, but uh, so far so good for them. They're a team that that plays hard. They're a team Mm -hmm. that works very hard. They're a team that gives up very little. Uh, And uh, looking through and seeing uh, the goals against category below 20, the only team uh, in the AHL, uh, they're at 18 goals allowed, uh, 42-4, but just 18 goals allowed. And and I, I know that's not a goaltending statistic. However, they're doing it with two rookie goaltenders uh, in Akira Schmid and, and uh, mm-hmm. Nico Dawes. Nico Dawes taking up great. the yeah. yeah, he's taking up the uh, most of the games, having uh, um, uh, uh, played six games for them uh, so far. Nico Dawes being uh, a, a third round pick in 2020, and of course uh, we know Nico Dawes when he was with uh, the Guelph Storm and and. Uh, got an OHL championship there and then went on uh, for Team Canada in the World Juniors, picking up uh, a a gold medal in 2020 in in the World Juniors. But he's been absolutely terrific for them. Um, Goals against average of 217 and a 936 save percentage. It's been tremendous. Uh, They're exciting to watch. And and talk about uh, couldn't, couldn't have been more perfect for a, a a city and a town where they love their hockey. The fans are passionate about hockey and they lose their long-term affiliation with the Vancouver Canucks and, and having the devils come in, if it had been the devils of, of the past number of years could have been a real disappointment for that city um, yeah. to, to have that transition, but to turn it around and have, an undefeated team through 10 games of the season. I can't imagine what the atmosphere is like right now inside the Adirondack Bank Center. It's it's electric on on a mundane night. Um, mm-hmm. But but right now, you know, this turnaround and this team bringing that kind of excitement, I'm really has to be such a boon for management uh, to to ease the transition from Vancouver to New Jersey. Well, yeah, there was fair amount of trepidation, I think, when that affiliation shift went down. And, you know, you're looking at a team you're coming in and you know, you're like, well, this team won seven out of 35 games last year. This is a an NHL parent club that had one American Hockey League playoff round win 
since 1998 coming in. And um, so, I mean, understandably so, there was, you know, I mean, Vancouver had a fair amount of success in Utica and they were always generally a competitive team. And now you're bringing in a team that didn't have uh, a great history. And um, so I think the enthusiasm and the, the optimism increased some over the summer. Kevin Deneen comes in. They made those good signings I mentioned earlier. But still, I mean, it was a team that was, you know, you didn't quite know what you had. And then not only did they come in and win, but they played kind of a very Utica-like brand of hockey. Like, you know, real competitive, uh, hardworking, like you said. I mean, if you're going to play for Kevin Deneen, you're going to work or you're not going to play for him uh, right off the bat. I mean... That's not a negotiable with him, and uh, but a real kind of gritty team that that fits that building well, fits that that fan base well, um, and you know they they look like the real thing. I mean, you know they 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 knocked off Syracuse last week, they knocked off Laval, they went into Belleville. I mean, they're not a team that uh, um, you know is is getting pushed around or is starting to sag a little bit. Uh, you know, three and four, three wins, four nights. Uh, um, you know, not a whole lot more you could ask for now. Now they can tie the uh, the AHL record that was set in '84 by Rochester for the quickest, best start to the season. Uh, you know, this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a you Utica Comets fan right now, you have to be, I think, pleasantly surprised with what you're getting, um, and not only in terms of what you're getting in terms of uh, results, but also just in terms of the style um, and the brand of hockey that you're playing. So I think uh, really encouraging for that market. And it's a key market for the league. I know the league puts a real premium on that, that, that Utica fan base and what they've been able to do there since uh, they came in in 2013. And um, you wanted to keep it going after Vancouver left. I mean, I think everybody understood why Vancouver left uh, Mm -hmm. from a geographical standpoint, but uh, you know, you didn't want to see Utica kind of fall by the wayside and um, they've done anything but that. So, um, you know, we'll see where this goes, but uh, early returns are very encouraging. It will be fun to keep an eye on this and see how long they can keep it going. <laughs> that is for sure. Um, the last time you joined us for, for Hot Stove, and even last week, uh, the focus of your... We, it, we talked about this particular topic, and, and then again last week, your uh, your under-review article on the AHL mm-hmm. Report uh, website was focused on the Springfield Thunderbirds, speaking of another team that has not had uh, AHL playoff success for a very long time yes. uh, and has turned it around this season. Um there you've got, you know, Joel Hofer, Charlie Lingram backstopping them to some some really great wins. Um, even while, you know, Joel Hofer was up with, with St. Louis for a little while, he's he's come back uh, now this week. Um, and one particular player that you, that you talked about in your article, uh, which if any of our listeners missed Patrick's under review from last Wednesday, go to ahlreport.com and check it out. It's, it's a, it's a terrific interview or it's a terrific article, I should say, uh, and has a lot of great information in it. But, uh, one of the players in particular, uh, of course he's been, uh, he's already been an AHL player of the week, one of these weeks and has just really just kind of torn things up in the AHL so far this season is Scott Brunovich and now, uh, recalled to the St. Louis blues, uh, this week, this is this is the kind of player that you love to see um, spend some time in the AHL, but maybe 
won't be with the American League all that long before before he makes an impact at the national level. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, drawback, I guess, for American Hockey League fans. Uh, you gotta see these players while they're here because um, they tend to not last very long. And um, St. Louis sent him down after training camp. Uh, you know. He had a solid training camp. Uh, it'll, you know, there's a thought that he might stick, but uh, they wanted to take their time with him, uh, polish off some of the rough spots in his game. I mean, he was a player that missed all last season with shoulder surgery, and he was coming off a, a college career, so um, this is a little bit different uh, from the pro level and uh, what you can get away with and, 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 you know, adapting your style to the pro game, certainly from a schedule standpoint. Uh well, I think that experiment has uh, gone very well for the past month or so. Um, he's come in, leads the league in scoring, uh, great playmaker, um, and has been able to translate that from from the college team. Doing what he did there that uh, obviously was so successful for him there, brought it with him to the AHL and uh, didn't sacrifice any sort of defensive play in making, uh, making that adjustment. So he's off to St. Louis. Uh, that's uh, certainly a tough Tough hit uh, for the Springfield Thunderbirds uh, with what the, they've been able to do early on. And like you said, trying to <clears throat> really bring winning hockey back to that market. Um, we don't know how long he'll be up there, but uh, you get the sense that even if he does come back, it won't be for much longer. Um, he may uh, he may not be long for the Springfield Thunderbirds. So, uh, yeah, it's a tough loss, but uh, they have a lot there. Uh, Charlie Lindgren, obviously, um, player – Fans of this uh, show are, are familiar with from his days in Laval and Montreal. So um, he's there with Hofer now. Hofer was sent back. Uh, uh, so um, things still look pretty solid for Springfield, but uh, we'll have to see how this unfolds. Um, you know, how long, if 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 it's not permanent, Perunovic remains in St. Louis. Well, I like Perunovic because um, he's a rough rider, a former rough rider, and you always <laughs> like him. <laughs> with uh, the USHL, the Cedar Rapids Rough, rough Riders. I uh, can't can never have uh, enough teams called Rough Riders. <laughs> um, but he then went from uh, Cedar Rapids to uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, and it was UMD where uh, first caught my ID, my eye, and and uh, uh, just such a great skater and and a good puck mover. And as you said, uh, he's a he's a real playmaker and. And uh, there he had um, that that team had uh, Mikey Anderson, who's uh, up with the Kings now mm-hmm. on defense, had Dylan Sandberg, the Winnipeg prospect injured right now, but also should be soon back with the Manitoba Moose. And and that defensive core was really, really strong. But yet Perunovic uh, stood out and um, and as you said, has has had a real strong start to uh, this season and and. Um, He's a guy who is a, a left shot, but but well, with UMD he played uh, on the right right side, and that's where um, in the Blues organization that's where uh, mm-hmm. their weakness is. So um, we'll we'll see where he slots in. Um, but they've had some um, they've had some issues uh, moving the puck in in St. Louis, and and he'll get I think a lot of opportunity there to see what he can do. You mentioned that you know guys like Scott Perunovich may only have a fleeting glimpse of the American Hockey League and that Patrick as you said you know fans need to see 
these guys while they can because they might not have too many opportunities at the AHL level. Um, other guys, it takes uh, a, a bit longer or a lot mm-hmm. longer. And, a lo- and there's plenty of stories in the AHL about uh, guys whose journey to the NHL is long and arduous and filled with obstacles and sometimes feels like it's never going to happen. In fact, you mentioned that uh, fans and listeners of this show are well familiar with Springfield's Charlie Lindgren, uh, and and they'll be well familiar with Zach Fucali as well, who, um, of course, uh, we, Rick and I, uh, at the AHL Report, we've been covering Zach Fucali uh, for the AHL Report and on this show since his rookie season uh, pro with the Montreal Canadiens organization, back with the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, Zach Fucali has had a long road. And uh, there was a lot of times that folks counted Zach Fucali out. But at 26 years of age, he made Washington Capitals history on Saturday night when he got uh, the recall uh, and the start on on Saturday and became the first goaltender in Washington Capitals history to record a shutout in his NHL debut. So at at the age of 26, he finally gets his first NHL start uh, and he ends up with a big shutout. First guy to do it uh, in the NHL as a whole since 2015. That was Garrett Sparks uh, getting a shutout in his NHL debut for Toronto back in 2015. But, um, you know, Zach's been through ups and downs in the AHL, going to the ECHL, playing in Europe. He's he's played all over the place. Uh, And it's just such – this is a testament to – the success stories that come out of the American Hockey League, uh, to see the attention that Zach Fucali got on every sports network in the United States, every sports network in the United States and Canada covering hockey, uh, Zach Fucali's post-game interviews were front and center. Uh, it's just, just what a wonderful moment for, for Zach Fucali. Yeah. I mean, the quote that stuck with me is, uh, toward the end of last season, um, speaking with him and, um, he said about Washington, quote, they took me in, unquote. Hmm. And I, that, that quote really stuck with me because, I mean, it was literally what happened with him. I mean, he was a guy who was adrift. Uh, he had really not um, panned out. Uh, he had only played, well, I think, six games in his previous two seasons before signing with with the Washington uh, system. And he was essentially brought in to be a third goaltender in Hershey slash ECHL down in South Carolina. Um, he came in, he had a fantastic season in Hershey, but I mean, you think about that, that, that situation that he was walking into it was the pandemic was going uh, full speed. Um, jobs were really hard to find. Uh, he managed to, to hook on with uh, Hershey in South Carolina. And uh, from there he took it uh, and, and he really made it work. Uh, but like you said, I mean, he was a, a player that came in with a fair amount of, um, hype and optimism uh, as a young player and kind of got that stuck in uh, a bad spot with uh, the Montreal system kind of got squeezed out there. And then, you know, only got three his, his initial three years on, on the entry level deal there. And uh, before he was cut loose and from there, he kind of bounced around with Vegas and uh, Tampa and had to go, like you said, go down to the ECHL, go, go to Europe. I uh, played Spangler cup uh, kind of, Really, we really saw the hockey world uh, in that regard. And, uh, you know, you come in, you're 25 years old. Um, you, you're signing essentially, you know, you know, 
maybe a last resort kind of deal uh, to come in and, and kind of be a, a spare goalie for Hershey. And I took it and, and like that, that full, full credit to him. Uh, really positive guy. Um, a really um, resilient, obviously, but also um, somebody that, that never, never complained, never said, woe is me. Never was like, Oh, I got screwed. He's just put his head down, retold this game, um, you know, did what he had to do on his end of things. The old, the old phrase, you know, control what you can control. He, he lived that phrase and uh, you know, to his credit, uh, he had a great bounce back season last year at Hershey for the regular season champion team and uh, carried that right into this year with with the bears and uh, got us an opportunity. And, you know, it's, you never know, especially with goalies, uh, how they'll uh, track and how their careers will, will unfold. But, uh, you know, to his credit, um, he stuck with it. And uh, Hey, if he never plays another NHL game again, he can always say, Hey, I got to <laughs> shut up my first game NHL debut. I'm in the NHL player uh, uh, directory uh, forever. And um, Hey, that's, that's pretty good. And he'll be in the next edition of Ken Reed's one night only sequel. If that ends up being if, the case, if that's the, <laughs> if case. That's the case, but the 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 issue with Fakali is um, there was always a lot expected of him. I mean, he mm-hmm. was he was a Memorial Cup champion. He was um, won gold at uh, the World Juniors for Canada, and um, it, Mark Bergevin was under uh, a great deal of pressure to draft uh, a francophone goaltender and uh, why would it, why would there be that pressure when the organization had uh, Carey Price well it's just it's it's Montreal and and so in two thir- uh, 2013 there was Fucali selected by the Canadians uh, second round an early second round pick he was a Laval native and and brought into an organization where you know, there's such a great history of goaltenders overall, but particularly uh, goaltenders from Quebec. And so there's there was a lot on his shoulders. Um, and listen, uh, Zach will tell you that you know he he was always he always had the the athletic tools mm-hmm. uh, as a goaltender, but it was um, it was his mental focus that he needed to work on. And and uh, we when we interview that was something he actively worked on working on on his mental game and um and that takes time and 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 yeah it, he had some really difficult times in the Montreal organization and and getting sent off to the Brant, Brampton Beast and then out of the organization uh, but he grabbed opportunities to shine uh you mentioned one of them the Spengler Cup his his record okay think what you will about about the Spengler Cup his record at the Spengler Cup was remarkable yeah mm-hmm. 10 one0 and and his save percentage a 943 and um and he took those opportunities that he was given he went where he had to go he he persevered and as you said retooled his game uh added uh, a bit of of uh uh through maturity and and some some uh exercises to to help his his mental game he added to that athleticism and and uh he he was able to recreate himself and into um well he is now uh, an nhl goaltender he has been an (laughs) nhl goaltender what an absolutely terrific story It, it you know it really is uh we were thrilled to to see it for him um, he, he will likely be joining us on the, on the show at some point in the very near future. When we, when we reached out to congratulate him over the weekend, he said, absolutely. I want to come on the podcast and talk about all the excitement. So, um, 
expect to to be hearing from Zach Fucali here on the show uh, in in short order. Um, and just his fit, you know, it was great to see on on the coverage. Uh, you know, his his mom and dad and his family were there. Uh, his dad is is a huge cheerleader of Zach's on mm-hmm. on social media. Uh, if there is a single tweet that has just the word Fukali in it. His dad is right in there liking it and retweeting it. Uh, you know, yes. it's, 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 it's really a family um, success story and just couldn't be happier for, for Zach Fukali and congratulations to him. And, and for, you know, it's, it's a, when you have a moment like that where he is the big headline on TSN and on sports center and, and ESPN and the NHL network, it that also shines a nice spotlight on the AHL because that's you know it's everyone says well who's this kid uh, and suddenly it's oh he's a Hershey Bears goaltender oh okay well let's talk you know so these are the success stories out of the American League that a make the American League so much fun to cover um, and so interesting but it's also uh, a great reminder for NHL fans that these guys don't just magically appear in the national hockey league. They have to put in the work elsewhere. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, oh, that's no, what, that's what, where this league earns its money, right? It's, it's not only just the top prospects. It's kind of these guys that are maybe the, uh, the rehab type deals where, you know, you really have to overhaul a player at 23, 24 and rebuild his game from the, from the bottom up. And uh, that's where the AHL really shines. And uh, it's been doing that for a long time. Definitely has. Um, the AHL also shines with um, paying attention to the players that matter uh, to the, to the league, the players that make a difference, not only on the ice, but what they mean to, to their teammates and their organizations off the ice, their communities off the ice, uh, and we saw that in full force uh, this past week. Um, you know, there was a lot of attention paid to the Colby Cave uh, memorials and tributes uh, at the Boston Bruins game. We saw Brad Marchand very emotional uh, in in uh, in that pregame ceremony with uh, Colby's uh, widow, Emily Cave. Um, but the AHL also made sure to take it upon themselves to honor Colby Cave this week as well. It wasn't just about the NHL uh, games, but that the AHL really embraced Colby and, and what Emily is doing in his memory and so forth. Uh, and saw we saw a lot of great tributes for Colby Cave uh, this weekend as well. Yeah, the, the schedule lined up really well in that sense. Edmonton, Boston, his two former NHL clubs played last Thursday night in Boston. And then the following night, uh, just an hour down the road in Providence, uh, P. Bruins were home. So um, schedule lined up perfectly to do this. And uh, Providence, I mean, that's where Colby Cave spent the bulk of his career. 200-plus uh, games. I believe it was 239 games total. Um, went to an Eastern Conference final uh, in 2017. He was a second-year pro there, a uh, huge part of that club. Um, and that was kind of like that was his team, right? And, you know, obviously he, he broke through eventually uh, to the NHL, got, got his time in there. And, and you know, one of, the, one of the really sad parts was the season um, before he passed away, or actually the, when he did pass away, that was really kind of his breakthrough season. And, um, you know, it Got gotten 53 games at the NHL level that year, and um, it seemed like he had made it. And then the following year, he went back to Bakersfield for the most part, and 
then he passed away. And uh, but uh, I thought it was an excellent tribute. Uh, what I liked was the opening face-off. They had Zach Snishin, who was his uh, line mate, a really close friend. Take and then they had Logan Dave from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who was a teammate in Bakersfield. So kind of like his, you know, different elements of his hockey career came together that night. Um, uh, Scott Halston presented his uh, Bakersfield game worn jersey that was actually signed by him uh, to his widow Emily. Uh, and and Halston had actually worked in the Edmonton front office that season uh, that uh, Colby K played in Bakersfield. So kind of all these different elements, um, you know, came together. And I, I spoke with Ryan Mujanel, who was an assistant coach. Uh, his first year was Colby's last year in Providence. And so they kind of crossed paths a little bit. And uh, he mentioned how much he admired him just because an undrafted player um, really worked his way into the NHL. And that really struck me uh, that, you know, here's a guy, uh, you know, who's been a longtime coach at different levels and uh, has about 20 years on Colby Cave. And he's saying how much he admires this this guy and uh so it was, it was really sad i mean situation in terms of uh you know kind of seeing all that emotion that night uh with providence and you know he meant a lot to those guys i mean there's not a ton of players that are still left from when he played but the guys that that remain there have certainly i think uh made it clear to to the newcomers just what he was about and uh, you know what he represented to that team absolutely it was uh it was Great work uh, by the league and uh, a fitting tribute, to be sure. All right. Well, that was a lot for us to cut. You know, no one, whoever says, I hope no one says that nothing exciting happens in the American Hockey League because uh, <laughs> then they're not paying attention because uh, lots going on. Uh, it's uh, it's turning out to be a pretty exciting season so far, even though it's only the middle of November. Uh, and uh, Patrick, we can't thank you enough for joining us uh, every other week to to sit down and talk about all of these interesting stories and, and kind of highlights and headlines that are going on around the league. Uh, it's always great to have you on the show to talk about these things. Absolutely. Thank you. Boy, that was a lot to cover with Patrick today. Covered a lot of ground. <laughs> We're so glad Patrick's a member of our team we this, really this season. We, we have great discussions. We do. And as as the three of us always say, we always there's always a a pre podcast chat as well. So we have very much fun getting together, um, and and chatting and catching up on all things American Hockey League. Uh, but this segment is really always a lot of fun. Lots of great information. It's so great to have Patrick's perspective uh, from all of the work he does with the American Hockey League and and covering AHL teams. So thanks to Patrick for being here with us again. Uh, be sure you tune in. Uh, well, every week for the press zone, he's here every other week on the opposite every other week bi-weeklies uh you can find his featured column under review at ahlreport.com he'll have a new one out next wednesday so be on the lookout for that um also be on the lookout our brand new weekly column called ahl weekly uh, it's a collaboration between myself and maria boabdo but Maria's the one handling the bulk of the writing uh for for that column that comes out every Tuesday. So uh, first one came out last week. Look for the next one to come out later Tuesday night, tonight. Um, and it's basically, well, I'm calling it your one-stop shopping for all of your AHL news. Uh, it's going to give you the player of the week. It's going to give you the top news items from around the entire American Hockey League for the last week. Uh, it's going to give you a full synopsis 
of how the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms both performed in the past week. And it's going to get you up to date on any league suspensions, the current standings in the Eastern and Western Conferences, and the top uh, stats uh, and, and scoring leaders, both for goaltenders and skaters. I mean, it is one-stop shopping. If you want quick, consumable, once a week, what do I need to know about what's going on in the AHL? Look for AHL Weekly. It comes out every Tuesday at ahlreport.com. And Rick, we are still full-fledged into November. Halfway through no uh, November. Yeah. November. Rocket Sports team is just knocking it out of the park this year so far. Approaching, a part of it is is an activity challenge. Approaching 400 kilometers halfway through. That's pretty good. It is great. That's, I'm, well, I've been, great. So truth be told, I've been swamped with uh, my, my other job, my voice acting job. It's one of my two very busy seasons of the year is this month. So I've been logging act. I've, I've been active. I haven't logged it. So I'm going to have to make like a, I'm going to have to add it all up and make like Large a, deposit. like a, yes, a lump sum deposit wow. of all of my activity. Yeah. Um, so have to do that, but yeah, kudos to our team. They're doing a great job on the activity. The mustaches are coming in very nicely, gentlemen. Um, really love to see those. Uh, and, uh, the fundraising we've already surpassed last year's total for our fundraising for the November campaign. Uh, we are rapidly closing in on our goal. Uh, and Hey, I'm all for it. If we even exceed our goal this year, that would be tremendous. Um, so if you want to get involved, if you want to help raise awareness and raise funds, uh, to benefit men's health, whether it's prostate cancer, whether it's mental health, uh, the best way to do that is to go to our team page, which is moteam.co slash allhabs. I'll say that again, moteam, M-O team.co slash allhabs. You can go there and donate. You can also just go there if if donating isn't uh, isn't something you're capable of doing this year. That's okay. Uh, we just ask that you go to that page and hit either the Twitter button or the Facebook button or the Instagram button uh, and share our page with your friends and followers and tell them, hey, uh, this is a great cause. If you can donate even a dollar. Uh, Go do it. And it's a great, it would be very beneficial to help raise awareness if you can just spread the word about it. Uh, and Rick, it's it's always something fun that we enjoy doing every November for a very important cause. And it's great to see how how successful things are going so far this year. And the way our team comes together to to uh, work with our extended hockey community and, and in order to uh, raise awareness and raise these funds. We have a great team. We do. Love our team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Press Zone. We've got lots of great coverage coming for you this week with the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms both back in action this week. Uh, and so be on the lookout, ahlreport.com for all of the great feature articles and game recaps. Uh, follow us on Twitter for live in-game tweeting. And then remember to come back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.